Hello, and welcome to this episode of Criminal Mischief, the Art and Science of Crime Fiction. I'm D.P. Lyle. Today I want to talk about characters, series characters, standalone characters, and character arcs. I want to talk about the difference between a standalone character and a series character, and talk about do, do series characters have arcs? Do they change? Or do they remain the same throughout the series? Obviously, a lot of people, when they write their stories, they age their characters. Um, so a character, a series that goes over 20 years, the character may go from 30 years old to 50 years old, and they age the character along with the stories. I don't do that, but, but many people do. And obviously, just by aging along, there is going to be some change in the character, in their physical abilities, and this and in that. There's just going to be that. And so there is going to be some changes. But we're really talking about something more basic, the psychological makeup of the character, uh, its, it's emotional makeup. Uh, are they fundamentally changed? Do their belief systems change? Do their wants and needs change? Do their fears change? How much does a character change, or should they change, and the difference between standalone and series characters? So, let's, talk, let's just start, what is a character arc? And where does it come from? And how do you create that in your stories? And, most importantly, do you even need one? Well, what it is, and how it works, and how you create it is is actually fairly straightforward because a character arc simply means that the change is the change that the character goes through over the course of the story i mean if think about it what is the story about you know the old thing about you you put your character up a tree you throw rocks at them and you get them back down well getting rocks thrown at you while you're up a tree will change you okay one way or the other it will change you so in the story something happens the inciting incident the person's rocking along, they're living their normal life, and then something happens. Someone has dropped a rock into the pond, and they've created ripples. And this pushes the character's life off balance. The story now is to smooth the waters. In other words, to create, to fix that problem and get everything back to where it was before. But will it get back to what it was before? Maybe the melu of the story, maybe all the people around it, maybe the solving of the crime and all that will put everybody back on an even keel. But does it put the character back on the same keel? So when something happens to push a character's off a character off uh, off balance, what are we talking about here? Well, it might be a shark feeding off the shores of Amity Island. And that sure put Brody's life in a, in, a, in a swirl. Or it might be two robots that show up babbling about some character named Obi-Wan Kenobi. Boy, that sure changed Luke's life. It might be a group of armed criminals coming in to take over a hotel in Key Largo. Oh, and by the way, there's an approaching hurricane. So you can see how all of these would change a character and cause them some stress that they have to respond to. And over through their response, they become different. Better or worse. It doesn't always have to be better. 
take Brody, for instance, in Jaws. He lived on an island, but he didn't like water. He wouldn't go out in the water. He was terrified of the water. But what happened? The shark shows up. It starts killing people. He's the chief of police. It's his job. So he has to put aside all of his fears and go out on the water to confront this shark. And, of course, with one of the great secondary characters in all of movie-making, Quint, he has to go out there and, and do his business. Uh, and he's changed. He's not the same person anymore. He now has found uh, something within himself that he had never had before. So that's his character arc for that story. Think about Michael Corleone. Now, Michael, in the Godfather series, he's the youngest brother. He's also the most normal brother. Fredo, we don't even count. Fredo's just out there. But uh, Sonny, of course, wants to be the next godfather. He's the oldest and uh, is being groomed for that role, kind of, even though he's a hothead. But Michael is off to the side. He's been in the military. He's been away from the family. He's not part of the family business. Now, you get the impression early on that his father sees something in Michael that he doesn't see in Sonny or Fredo, and that he knows that Michael's the one that should run the family, that he's the only one that has the smarts and the stability to do so. Fredo's scared, scared of his shadow, and Sonny is just crazy and, you know, comes in blazing. That he knows Michael is the one, but Michael doesn't know this. Michael doesn't want to have anything to do with the family business. But things change. There's an assassination attempt on his father. And Michael takes that personally. Now he steps into the business. He even sets up the plan to kill the New York cop that's corrupt and Slotso, the bad guy who's going to try to take over the business and who's probably the one that ordered the hit on his father. And so they set up the meeting to bury the hatchet, as it were, and of course Michael kills both of them. Wow. Now, he's a soldier, got off to war, he's killed people, but not like this. Not like this. Not in a restaurant. Point blank, pull a gun, bang, bang, done. Uh, so Michael changed. And how did this transformation change him? That was the moment the change began. But then he ended up taking over the family, and so he became the godfather. And in the process, he lost his soul because Michael went from this nice guy who didn't want to have anything to do with the family to an absolutely ruthless godfather. What a character change. What an arc. But not for the positive. Michael went the other way. But that's a character arc, and that's great storytelling. Probably one of the greatest character arcs in the history of movie making. You know, and we, we writers like to talk about movies because everybody saw the same movie. Everybody read a different book. Um, is Sarah Connor in the Terminator series. Wow. Now, if you look over the first two movies and see the Sarah in the beginning and the Sarah in the end, uh, they're not even recognizable. Not even recognizable. She starts out as this 20-something pretty blonde girl living in LA, no real ambition. She's not going to night school. She's not even taking acting lessons like everybody in LA does. Uh, she's just working at the Burley Burger and she's kind of not very good at it. 
She gets the orders wrong. A kid dumps ice cream into her pocket. I mean, if she just she's kind of like this pretty nice young lady who is not ambitious, who is not focused, and who is not not very adept at navigating life. You know, she even gets stood up by the guy who asked her out and all that stuff, which starts the story, so to speak. Um, all her coworkers like her, so she's a very likable person, and we like her. She's, you know, very nice, very pleasant, but that's all we get. We get this kind of shallow, unambitious uh, young lady who's just going through life, but you know, she's in her twenties, so why not? But then something happens. This character, this creature, this thing from the future comes back, the Terminator, to kill her. Really? How does that factor into your world? <laughs> And then there's this other guy who's creepy, who's there to, quote, protect her. And so what do we see in the beginning? We see that Sarah is inept, not very good, but where is she going? Well, first of all, she kind of is saved by Reese, who is the other guy from the future, <laughs> um, against the Terminator, you know, played by Schwarzenegger. And he kind of comes into the, the bar, tech noir, and saves her. And, of course, the Terminator gets shot and da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da. And they go on the run. And the police capture them. But then the Terminator comes and, you know, kills all the police. And they escape again. Now she's with Reese. And he has told her this outrageous story about that he's from the future and this creature's from the future. And he's there to kill her because the machines are going to take over the world. And she's going to be the mother of John Connor who's going to save mankind down the road. Wow. What a story. She didn't buy it at first, but she starts to buy it. So how do we see her evolve? First off, she's on the run. She starts believing that Reese is telling the truth. She doesn't have her head around the whole story, but she's starting to believe that Reese is telling the truth. And they go off up into the mountains to hide out, and the car runs out of gas, and they're down in a culvert underneath a, a, in a, like a little drainage area underneath the road. And she sees that Reese is injured. And so she takes a some bandage material and she wraps up his arm and clean, puts it all, you know. And he says, that's a pretty good field dressing. And she said, well, that's my first. Ah, so we're starting to see that Sarah is not as ditzy as we thought she was. Then they, they, they make some bombs and they try, the Terminator comes after them. And to make a long story short, they get chased into this building. And the Terminator basically has them trapped. And Reese is injured badly, and he's on the ground. And, and she says, uh, he says, leave me, you go on. And he, she grabs him and pulls him up and says, get up, soldier. That's the moment she changed. She's no longer a, fo a follower. She's now the general. She's in charge. She has turned Reese into her soldier, and she is in charge of this, and she is not going to let this Terminator kill her. And indeed, she doesn't. And then from there, now she knows she's the only person on Earth that knows the story, that knows what's really coming, what's really going to happen. And so what does she do? She goes down to Mexico, hooks up with her friends down there, and becomes a full-on warrior. And comes back and blows up Cyberdyne and all this stuff. What a character arc. So we went from a, a ditzy 20-something girl to a full-on warrior that is going to save the world. Wow. 
What a character arc. So this is great storytelling. And character arcs are very satisfying for readers because they see a change in a character that they, they like and they see a change. Now, as I said, in the case of Michael Corleone, it's not always for the best. But Michael Corleone is one of the, 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 the most, I guess, beloved to be the right word, characters in, in all of literature and, 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 and movie making. Um, even though he goes to the dark side, we like him. We want to follow him. We want to know what's going to happen next. We may walk away saying, "Woo, man, that's terrible, as opposed to Sarah, who we're going to say, wow, what a hero. What a heroine. She's fantastic. And Brody, of course, we're going to love Brody. But um, the point is, is the character changed. And they're different than the beginning. They're different in, from the beginning at the end. They're a different person. Good, bad, or indifferent. But we like that. I think people see that that's a metaphor for their own lives, that they can change, that they can get better, that things, that whatever troubles come their way, they can solve them and become stronger and better and more worldly and, and more knowledgeable, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, hopefully not go down the dark path, but at least you change. But let's talk about series characters. Should they change? Should they have an arc? Should they be different? Well, let's talk about Jake, my, my character in, in my Jake Longley series. Jake doesn't really change much through the whole story. So all the series, there's four of them now, and five will be coming before long, uh, probably next year. Jake is a lovable, nice guy. And he's a womanizer. He hangs around, and Jake's you know long-term relationship to him is two or three or four weeks. But then he meets Nicole, and, and he kind of falls in love with Nicole, and that changes everything. He becomes a one-woman guy, and that's a change for Jake. That's a change in his fundamental life structure and how he looks at the world. But it doesn't really change him deeply. It doesn't change everything else about him, that he's still kind of a slacker, and he still doesn't want to get involved in Ray's world, and he still doesn't want to be a PI, and he still doesn't want to take life seriously. He wants to hang out with Nicole and Pancake and friends and, and really just live life. Is that good or bad? Well, I think it's good. And let me give you some other examples that you're probably more familiar with. James Bond. The James Bond change. Remember, he got married and his, his wife was killed and, and he went through that trauma. But from beginning to end, and forget all the different characters that played him in the movies. I'm talking about the books. James Bond did not really change. James Bond had a double O number. James Bond had a license to kill. James Bond worked for Her Majesty, you know, and MI5 and MI6 and all the MIs and all that stuff. James Bond could make things happen. He was ruthless. He was down and dirty. If you read the books, much more so than the movies. Uh, he, he was skilled. He was clever. He was tough. And he did all those things, and he never changed. From the beginning to the end, he never really changed. He still believed in God and country, so to speak. He still believed in right and wrong, and he still believed that the end justified the means. You know, he could do what's necessary. And he was very skilled at doing it, but he didn't change. Let's look at the modern-day uh, James Bond, or Shane, if you will. Jack Reacher. Lee Child's iconic character. Does Jack Reacher change? No. You know, there's been 20-something books in that series. And he hasn't really changed. 
from Killing Floor all the way up to Blue Moon. I mean, you read all the stories. Jack Reacher's Jack Reacher. He is the stranger that comes in the town like Shane. He confronts the bad guys. He goes to war with them. He wins and he leaves just with his toothbrush. He doesn't change. He doesn't have moral crises. He doesn't have fundamental changes in his, in his worldview. Minor little things, of course. But basically, Reacher is Reacher. He is not going to change. He is not going to be a different person. It's not going to happen. So, is that good? Why would you not have a character arc in these characters, something like Michael Corleone or, or Sarah Connor or, or Brody, why would you not have a character arc? Well, I think the reason is is that people who follow these series characters don't want them to change. They like them because of who they are. They like them because of how they view the world, how they approach the world, how they solve problems, what their skill set is, what their wants and needs and fear. They like them as they are. And if you had a major character arc in each story, by the time you got 10 stories in, 10 novels in, it wouldn't be the same person. It wouldn't be recognizable. Now, could you make that better? Sure. And there's writers that do that, sure. But in general, you don't want to change the iconic character into something that is different. Let's look at Dave Robichaux. You know, James Lee Burke's creation, who I think is maybe one of the greatest characters ever created. And, of course, James Lee Burke is one of the greatest writers that ever lived. But Dave Robichaux, he does undergo some changes. Uh, you know, it, 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 he's married a couple of times and one of his wives is killed. Uh, he's got a daughter. He's got, you know, a three, three-legged raccoon. He was a homicide detective in New Orleans. He was an alcoholic. He lost his job. He ended up as a private investigator. He has to keep Cleet out of trouble. Uh, he falls off the wagon. He, you know, he tries to keep his chips clean, you know, so that he can stay clean and sober. But he doesn't always accomplish that. And he has his own demons, and 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 that's what makes him such a great character because he's so rich and so broad and so deep, and there's so much to him. But if you follow through all of this, all of these stories, he's still basically Dave. He believes in right and wrong. He, he will break the law to get right and wrong and justice happen. He will confront amazing odds, usually governmental and mafioso and the, you know establishment bad guys. He doesn't care. Because what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And he often takes the side of the little guy or girl. He almost always does. But he's not afraid to act. He's not afraid to take on anybody. And he never really changes in those basic beliefs and what he does. You know, you can say the same about Harry Bosch. You know, Michael Connolly's iconic creation. Harry is a wonderful character. And again... Uh, he's had his drinking problems. He's had his problems with his department because he butts heads with the powers to be all the time because he doesn't like institutional insanity, as it were, and how the corruption and the crazy rules and all the BS that goes on with, uh, with any institution, including the LAPD. 
and he fights against that so he's constantly in trouble he's constantly being investigated he's constantly being you know having his job moved around and finally ends up you know getting tossed off the force and things like that but does he change through all these stories does he really change and he has tragedies in his life and he has things that 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 would buckle your knees but it comes back to everybody matters or nobody matters that's really the credo of Harry Bosch. That every case is important. That every person is important. That every crime is important. And it doesn't matter who gets in the way. It doesn't matter where the power struggle goes on. It doesn't matter about the corruption. It doesn't matter what's best for him. It's what's best for that person and what's best for society in general. Everybody matters or nobody matters. So Bosch does not undergo fundamental belief system changes through this series. He remains true to himself through the whole thing. So, in summary, character arcs are great, and they really are satisfying, and they really help us see the world differently and see the effects of the world differently and how we may become better people by looking at how these people are changed and how we may better handle adversity by seeing that there's light at the end of the tunnel because that's in the end of the day that's what reading is all about is learning life lessons and having fun and being entertained and meeting great people but in a series character you're a little bit handcuffed in that you you can have changes they can evolve they can become better people or they can become a little different but they can't fundamentally change because then you got a different character. And I don't think readers, if it's only going to be two or three books, fine. But if you're going to have a 20-book series or more, you know, like Robicho and, and Bosch and Reacher, if you're going to do that, you cannot have them fundamentally change in every story because 20 books down the road, they will not be recognizable. So... These aren't hard and fast rules. Remember, there are no rules in writing. Whatever works, works. But just think about all of this when you're writing your stories. I'm going to throw in one more little thing. Everybody starts a book, uh, and they say, well, this is just going to be a one-off. It's going to be a standalone, and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And so they create this character. Be careful. Be careful. Because whatever character you create, you're stuck with. Uh, when that book hits the bestseller list and sells a gazillion copies and your agent comes to you, oh my God, you've hit the big time, write another one. Remember, you're stuck with what you've created. So uh, you can't, if you start with a character you like and ends up with a character that you might not like or ends up with a character that's different than what you originally, because you had this great story arc, remember, you're stuck with it now. You can't suddenly go unwind the clock unless you write a prequel. Uh, but most people don't do that. So series characters are fun. They're great. But remember, don't change them all that much and create someone that you, even if you think it's a standalone, someone you think you can live with for the next, you know, 20 years of your life because it could happen. So until next time, this has been DP Lyle and this has been Criminal Mischief. Until the next time, I'll see you.